Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Jonathan Allen is the editor of All Day Magazine and owner of Locked and Loaded. All Day is a great worldwide reference for product reviews with over 160 published articles. Jonathan has been racing bikes from a young age before a big accident slowed him down, which led him to completely stopping. Years later, he fell back in love with cycling and started a bike-related blog. We also have a great chat about mental health. Please enjoy my conversation with Jonathan Allen. This took a couple months, but we finally coordinated a time to do this. Jonathan Allen, welcome to Let's Take This Outside. Thank you. Thanks for having me. From not only All Day Magazine, but newly Locked and Loaded, which we're going to talk about both of those things in just a second. But you're near Tremblant, so the Laurentians in Quebec. Tell me about the area and why you love exploring so much and living there. Well, it's interesting because I like to say that it's the... uh, Outdoor paradise for everybody. Just to give you an example, we have uh, the biggest cycling pad. A minute from my house, literally with my bike, I have the biggest cycling pad in Canada, which is the Strain du Nord. So it's uh, 230 something kilometers nonstop. This is a minute from my house. Seven minutes from my house, I have mountain biking trails, uh, hiking trails, uh, snowshoeing, skiing, snowboarding. And 10 minutes from my house, I have one of the best gravel bike paradise in the Laurentians, also called uh, Corridor Aerobic, which are old train tracks that got uh, converted. So it's a bit, a little bit more rugged than the, uh, what we call the train du Nord that passed in few uh, American magazines actually um, uh, last summer. So that's why I like to say that it's really the paradise because it's in the middle of the mountains. Uh, the, the scenery is quite amazing here. So I, I'm really, 100% of the time in the mountains, whether I'm at work or off work, it's always, I'm always around. So work, play, yeah. do it all. Exactly. <laughs> Have you spent a lot of time in the Ottawa area? I know that you raced a couple of gravel races this fall or summer. Yeah, I went to three events of the Gravel Cup. And I must admit, I really liked that area that uh, they were racing. Whether it was Calabogie, I went when I was a bit younger, car racing, but I did not enjoy actually the backyard of it if you want to but yeah it's a it's a great region it's a region i would like to come more often to explore even gadano has some i I know it's part of a big region but uh, i know even the gadano area which we covered not this summer but the summer before a little bit uh, i really fell in love in the chelsea area and all those those places uh, but yeah, I, I am uh, honestly the gravel cup uh, where they are holding their events is quite amazing. I mean, for somebody who wants to start uh, gravel racing without having a lot of uh, elevation, uh, I think the gravel cup is a great circuit to start. And the paths and the roads and the everywhere, it's quite amazing. So yeah. Wherever you're listening, whether you're in Vancouver or maybe you're in the States or in Europe somewhere, I feel like people can relate to 
living in a place that totally fills their cup in, in what you call for you a cycling paradise. Like for example, I'm moving into a bigger place soon. And for me, it's only a few minutes away from my current place, which is very, very close to Gatineau Park. <laughs> so for me, it was very important because I could have moved out to the boonies, but I'm like, I cross country ski in the winter. I bike in the summer. I like, there's so many wonderful paths everywhere. But for me, being in close proximity to my, what I call my playground, is super important. So for you, how important is it? Not only is it your work and your play, like how important is it for you to live so close and so accessible to what you love? Well, actually, before I was living like 30 minutes, more or less on the south uh, portion of the Laurentians, which is a little bit more flat. And uh, at some point, I, I was always around. I was always near where I'm living now. And at some point, I took a decision to move up north. Uh, that's what we call it here. Because I was always around, because I felt that the stress was really different. People here are more in a relaxed environment. So if you've ever been to, let's say, Whistler, all those kinds of places, everybody's laid back, everything is okay. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not serious in their business and everything. But the mood is changing, so your state of mind is also changing. So that's one of the main reasons why I moved here in November 2019. And as we know, March 2020, COVID happened. So I was <laughs> honestly, I was super lucky to be around here to be able to fat bike and uh, after that, mountain bike and gravel bike and whatever bike uh, I was able to do at that point. So yeah, it's honestly, it's the best place I could have found to live. And uh, I would not change it for anything else. Let's start from the beginning, Jonathan. Where did your love of the outdoors start? Because you, I, I can tell when I talk to people who love them as much as I do, because it's like I can hear that passion in your voice. Funny enough, I, I needed to search a, a few years ago where it started. And actually, it's, it's while speaking to my mom. And after that, realizing that, yeah, it's true. Mama said, you received the first generation Nintendo. You were about four years old. And I think you played with it once. Uh, you were always outside and you needed to scream at you to come inside at night. And uh, whether it was winter or summer, it was the same time. I said you were always on a bike. You were always outside. You liked it. Play it with the fall leaves and everything. So as long as I can remember, I was playing outside. I was on bikes. I was doing some uh, quad trails, ATV trails uh, near where I was living uh, back in the day. So... Uh, yeah, I always had that passion and, and growing up after that, uh, I started uh, cross country and mountain biking. And at some point I decided to do what we called four cross or dual slalom uh, biking that was not that much popular in Quebec, but still I decided to do that and a little bit of downhill. And at some point I got a big accident that honestly stopped, made me realize that I was not that invincible. So <laughs> mm. can I ask what happened? I was in Bromo in a downhill practice and I broke my back, I broke my nose, I had a big concussion actually. So I uh, woke up like 10 hours later at the hospital. And after that, I was 18 years old. So you realize, well, maybe you're not invincible. You have work, you, you know, you have responsibilities. So you got to relax a little bit. And, and pretty often people who had bigger accidents in their lives, whether it's sport and everything, your brain at some point stops you to, to be as crazy as you were. It's survival, right? It's hard to explain, to be honest with you. But uh, instead of doing one pass, let's say a mountain biking trail, that probably when I was younger, I would have done it like full gas. The first time now, I get to do it one, two, three, four, five, six times. 
And at some point I was like, okay, well, now my life is going to be a little bit different. So I changed everything. And at some point biking, because I was getting more serious, I had businesses, I was working a lot. The cycling portion of my life left for maybe six or seven years. I was still snowboarding in the winter. And at some point, something happened in my life, super important that I needed to after I read a book, I, and I honestly don't remember the name of the book. I wish I could find it one day. Uh, I read a book and it was, say, it was told that, well, why don't you find when in your life you were the, the happiest and try to go back to that portion of your life or something that you were doing in your life that made you super happy. And at some point it was like, well, cycling was a big part of my life. Every time I was not doing or feeling great, I was on my bike. I was working on my bike. I was doing like 40 kilometers a day, back and forth, of course, uh, 2020, uh, to go to my job. Uh, I was always on my bike, even on my teenage years. And I was like, well, that's funny because I felt super great. I, of course, responsibilities were not the same. But at some point, there was something that would make me happy. So I said, well... Let's go back more, a little bit more seriously on a bike. I also had a bike, but it was not that serious. I was going cycling paths and things have changed. And at some point I said, why, why don't I try to, to a little bit, to go back to maybe not as much as I was doing at some point, but why don't I go back there and see if I can be happier or find happiness in that? And it, it happened almost instantly. I was like, well, that's exactly what I was looking for. So... I took biking a little bit more seriously and I bought back a road bike. I started road biking, which I never did in my life. I, I did some a little bit when I was younger, but not that much. And I felt good, you know, the first five kilometers. I remember the first 15 kilometers was hell. I was like, holy cow, I'm so not in shape. And, you know, at some point I was like, okay, well, at some point in your life, you were able to do more. So push it more. And I went back to that fitness where I was pretty quickly and to be and it was pretty impressive to me and I said well now let's make a pact that never leave biking again in your life and uh, here I am today um, doing a lot of biking stuff and uh, talking about products and reviewing products and winning races and winning championships and everything and I was like wow what I would have never expected that few years ago so Honestly, I'm impressed by myself to say, well, okay, well, it's so. And after that, at some point, I had a lot of concussions in my life because I played football when I was younger, that biking accident, snowboarding. And my doctor told me, well, Jonathan, you can't do fight biking in the winter and snowboard. You need to make a decision after 20 something years of snowboarding. And he said, you need to make a decision. You don't have the choice. We need to. Well, actually, we were trying to save your head as much as possible. So I was like, oh, okay. And fat biking stayed and snowboarding left. And now I fat bike 11 and a half months a year. Well, I'm biking 11 and a half months a year. So it's really a big, big, big part of my life now. I remember in our DMs at one point, you said that biking saved your life. Is that what you mean by that? Well, the, yes and no. I mean, at some points I got separated and... Uh, I was not that happy. I fell into a a big depressive moment and uh, to find out that uh, finally I was diagnosed with a mental health disease uh, called borderline. And um, 
the fun fact about that mental health disease that we can call it is they don't really categorize it as a mental health disease, but it depends to who you talk to. Uh, there's no medication about it. So the, the only way you can help yourself is by working hard on yourself, first things first. And second of all, try to have the, the as much tools as possible so you can control yourself when something is not going the way you are expecting to go. So, of course, with years, you you put tools in your bag and you're you're trying to help yourself. And at some point, I realized that, well, when I'm stressed and I don't feel that good, I, I need to evacuate like a pressure, you know. There, I need a pressure switch at some point. And I realized that, that cycling was the best pressure switch I could have ever had. So... Every time I'm not feeling good, because being a borderline, actually, it's it's a lot of ups and downs that if you are not, for example, taking any drugs or abusing as substances or that kind of stuff, as soon as you realize that something is wrong, you absolutely need to, to find a way to get out of that state. Because after that, it's, it's going to be like a, a tornado and it's, you're going to stay in there. So all my friends know all my bosses at some point they knew that if i needed to go take a bike ride there was a reason behind it it was it was the way to evacuate it was like a medication actually so yes biking saved my life because during covid which was it was a hard time for everybody I, i'm living alone uh, at some point while well, i could not see my family because in quebec they were really serious about the regions and where you can go and where you can't go and everything and contacts and i fully understood that but as a person that needs to control himself being 100% time alone is not the best thing to do so during the day I made a routine of myself that okay well uh, during the day go for a bike ride an hour or two come back eat of course uh, watch Netflix and you'll be okay so I was getting like the over energy or whatever to balance so I can make make it through my day properly you know so that's why I say that biking saved my life, because since biking came back on, in my life on a more serious note, I'm way more contained in terms of emotions and stuff and relations. Of course, it's not perfect, but I'm still seeing uh, uh, services about it and, and it's OK and it's perfect because I requested it. And in Quebec, as we know, the, the health system is quite something when you are talking about uh, mental health diseases. So I need to go through uh a bunch of specialists and everything to see, well, is this guy really serious and he wants to help himself? Is he abusing his substances? Do he need to? So I was like, no, I'm really, I'm really aware of what's going on. And at some point, well, you need to balance yourself. And cycling was one of the balances I have, plus the other tools I've put in my bag during the years. Thanks for sharing that. And the amount of times that mental health and nature has like collided on this podcast. I have enough research now and like 20 or 20 something episodes <laughs> to be able to be like, hey, like look at how many people and professionals have said like that mental health and nature and getting outside and exercising all have this amazing benefit for people and our mental and physical health. Definitely. Uh, this year I did 5,300 kilometers in my season and to be honest with you, it was it was a weird year. I, I was super busy with all the projects, plus the races and everything. So even though I, I was riding a lot, at some point I was like, well, it's it's also a therapy. So it's hard to explain to people who don't really, why in the hell are you riding that much? Well, at some point, it's also my therapy. So that's why I was able to do that much. And with the work I do and everything, I was able to ride a little bit more. 
But uh, yeah, really for me, it was the best therapy ever for this year. It's not over yet because fat biking starts pretty soon. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I empathize and hear you with what you're going through. But I, I understand like I'm an entrepreneur as well and trying to get everything done and you wear so many hats. And yesterday I had a very you know successfully busy day, but I thought I was going to explode. So it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. This is being recorded in, in the fall. Beautiful. It was like a beautiful November day. And I actually just like shut every, it was like, th- I'd been working since six. It was like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I shut my computer down and just like shut it off. And I grabbed my trail shoes and I went to Gatineau Park and I went for like the most leisurely like hike run for like three and a half kilometers. And I'm like, <sighs> right. I just like exhaled and I just felt all of this like pressure release. I'm like, I needed that so badly. <laughs> well, because the thing is, is that at some point, if you're overdoing it, at some point, you won't be as uh, productive as if you would have been okay. So at some point, there's no reason for anybody in the world, whether you have a mental health disease or not, that to overdo it. So at some point, if you're tired, you're sick of it you're just going to procrastinate and say well you know what i don't care so you really need to find a pressure valve to say okay well you know what for maybe 15 minutes i'll check uh the reels on facebook for example just to keep to change your your state of mind Uh, for some it's that for some people it's golfing for some people it's whatever playing video games Uh, for some people like me it's like a bike riding or just getting out of my house if i'm working home so for me, it's it, everybody needs a pressure valve that they can release when it's not okay. Because at some point, if you keep pushing and pushing, you may get into a depression. So. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Let's Take This Outside merch is now available, like toques, sweaters, and t-shirts. Head to letstakethisoutside.ca and hit the store button to wrap your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for supporting. I really want to talk about All Day Magazine. This is how I found you, actually. I think I found you on Instagram. How did this come to be and what is All Day Magazine? Well, before All Day, I was a blogger. I was blogging by myself. It was called The Official Bike, actually. I was reviewing uh, cycling products and everything and at some point in COVID in 2020, I went to Quebec City for three days for mountain biking. I slept in my truck because the COVID was like full effect. I slept in my truck uh, comfortably. I was, I was okay. And at some point I, I said, wait a second. Yes, I like to do biking, but I like other stuff too. So 
at that point, we had a lot of, uh, I like to call them partners, all the brands we were working with. And I said, in November, this stayed in my mind after July of that month. And maybe in October, I I contacted all the brands we were working with. And I said, Let's, listen, I have an idea. I would like to push that blogging thing above and beyond and convert it to an online magazine, of course, with maybe, you know, specialists or fans of different kind of sports and activities all related all side. And it's things we would like to do all day. You know, sometimes we sit down after a bike ride and say, wow, I wish I could do this all day or all these meaning in our motto is some things you would like to do all the time, you know. So uh, at some point, all our, all our partners said, well, if you're doing this, Jonathan, we, we're, we're all in. We, I think it's a great idea. You're going to push it above and beyond and, you know, reach uh, wider audiences and everything. And it got started in January of 2021. And uh, as we speak now, we have uh, over 160 online articles right now after almost two years now. So what you guys do is you review outdoor products. So if someone's going to go to your website, what are they going to find and what are they looking for? Well, most of the time we review products. So we test products on a certain period of the time, a period of time. We never tell the brands how much time it's going to take because sometimes we don't know. But we, we test a product. We also do, of course, brand awareness in some, in some way. Uh, but the, all the brands really know that we are an independent media and we don't rely on the money they're giving us or not. Most of the time it's product exchange, for example. We don't rely on that to survive. So uh, we need our independence in terms of testing the product. If we don't like the product or if the product failed without being, for example, a, a defect, in that case, we're going to talk about it. We're, we're going to say, well, listen, we tested it out. Something happened. We reached to the brand, for example, and the brand, it was maybe a manufacturer defect. They're sending us a second product. If the second product fails again, well, visibly, there's something wrong with that product and a certain type of stuff, you know? So most of the time, all the products we're testing, they're, they're super great, but some of them sometimes uh, fail to what they do. Or we just don't super like it for X, Y, Z reason. For example, uh, I tested an Hammerhead computer, which is, in my opinion, one of the best computer that exists. But it's really hard to find a proper wall charger for it. So I was like, well, that's pretty sad that you need to plug in your computer, a cycling computer, to properly charge it. So that was one of the negative sides. Of course, when we're doing a product testing, it's never 100% wrong or 100% right. So there's always things that we wish it could be a little bit different or this and that. So this is how we test our product and we are writing our reviews. 100% of the people collaborating on uh, the magazine are not professionals. So they're not expert climbers. They're all amateurs. They really like the, the what they do or the passion they have for XYZ, product, XYZ activities. So we focus. So for example, the, the, the gravel bike guy on the magazine, it's me, but there's also Trevor, which is a, a avid bikepacker that did crazy bikepacking trips that also writes for bikepacking magazine. So Trevor is testing everything that is bikepacking related. I test everything that is a bit more gravel related. Maxim, which is one of our multi-talented collab, he's actually a cool mountain biker. He has a crazy big uh, overland camper 
He's also uh, climbing, ice climbing. He's hiking a lot with his girlfriend, Sophie, which is also a collab on uh, the magazine. Sophie is more the hiking and vanning and all that kind of stuff. Stuff. So, And it's a girl, so I like that a lot. We try to have more and more women on our, on our roster. Yeah, w- women like outdoors too. <laughs> yes, and also it gives a different perspective because as a woman, the way they are riding is way different than a man, first things first. And also it reaches a different audiences also. So uh, for me, it's important. We had uh, other girls on the magazine before. It did not work out on the long term. But I'm always looking for other people to collab on the magazine because I think ideally I would like have as many women's as men's collab on, on the magazine, but it's not always easy. So not only cycling stuff, but I'm assuming you do like hiking boots and running shoes and like what yeah, other- we do. We cover uh, paddle boarding, climbing, uh, everything that is hiking, trail running, cycling, all the different stuff. We also visit some centers. So I went to, uh, I went to visit in your area, the place where you can paddle board in, uh, we call it in Labyrinth, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a great experience. So we visit some places also on our trips, uh, that we like. We also do, uh, for example, articles about the events we attended. So all the gravel cups I attended, I did an article about it. All the gravel events I attended, I did an article about it because it's really a first-person perspective of an event. So it's it's interesting for people who are not sure or exactly relate to what we do. They were like, oh, cool. Well, if he can do it, I can do it too. So I think that having amateurs review it is a lot more maybe relatable. Like they might use more relatable language when they're writing their articles, right? Some brands asked us actually, well, you know, you can put a code in your articles. You can earn money behind it. I said, well, what about no? And they were like, okay. I said, I don't believe in that because at the end of the day, it's still considered as as a part of a paid advertising if you want to. It it removes a little bit some seriousness about the reviewer, the, the eval of the product you are doing. So I said, it's not going to work this way. You want to promote your business on my website, pay on the site for some advertising, and that will be it. So at some point, uh, we... We collab really often with some brands on for different products. At the end of the day, they really understand what they do and they really respect what we do, actually. So we have a great partnership with a lot of uh, big, big brands. I also want to ask you about, like, obviously you love biking and cycling and you just launched your own bike company called Locked and Loaded. Yeah, that's a venture. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Tell me more about that and what what does that look like for you? Well, I'm actually happy that I'm participating too and I want to make some things clearer because if some of my followers are listening to your podcast, they will be, wait a second, that guy was kind of sponsored partnering with a cycling brand during the summer. What, What happened? So actually, the contract with Yo-Leo Canada, which is a brand I really liked, and the relationship we had with these guys were above and beyond everything I could have expected uh, for my season. I, I reviewed the gravel bike I tested for the summer. I liked them to death. I'm probably going to give them a hand next season for their organizers some races. Our contract ended end of October, so actually I could not really talk about the new bike brand until November. They were not aware slash not really aware of that portion. 
but I really wanted to respect the contract I had with these guys for this season. Uh, because it was, it is important for me to respect those kinds of contracts. But uh, yeah, Locked and Loaded is a product. It's actually a dream come true. Uh, ever since I'm really young, I wanted to start my bike brand. But as we all know, we never know where to start and we never know how to start and, and all the behind the scenes stuff. And I was lucky enough uh, during the last years to help other bike brands at some point, whether it was marketing or, you know, uh, giving input in, in terms of uh, R&D and stuff. And at some point I said, well, you know, I tested a lot of bikes, uh, especially adventure bikes or gravel bikes. And I said... There's always something going on. There's always something I was like, I wish I could, I wish that bike could have that, or I wish that bike could have that geometry or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, and I was like, let's, let's try something. So I discussed with few people and I was like, what about if I'm starting my brand? They were like, holy cow, you want to be, you, you, you want to become a Trek? And I'm like, no, actually we don't reinvent the wheel in terms of frames and stuff. I mean, it's what we call catalog frames. So it's frames that we buy from uh, makers in, uh, in Taiwan, actually. And I said, at this point, they're like, okay, well, what's the difference between you and other brands? Actually, over the years, we developed few relationships with few brands. So I reached out to them and I said, listen, I'm starting a bike brand. I'm super loyal with the brands I worked with. Would you guys be in to help me out? I'll pay for my stuff, of course, but would you guys be open to help me out in terms of components and everything so we I can install your components and stuff on my bikes? And they were like, well, yes, of course. So actually, to give you an example, all the tires will be Vittoria tires that I reviewed this season and I really like. All the uh, components will be FSA, so full speed ahead, group set wise, so everything that is mechanical on the on the bike will be or shimano grx or the new campagnolo e-car so we don't want to cut corners in terms of quality on bikes because some of the brands they're trying to have a bigger profit margin by putting a little bit cheaper stuff to make it affordable so say oh we have an affordable gravel bike well i'm sorry but at my in my business it's not going to be the case we don't want to cut corners in terms of components and stuff because we want the hand users or our clients to be happy with their product and they have a great experience, a great buying experience. So we want to work the relationships we have with the end users and also the retailers to be a close relationship, you know, being impl implicated in, in the community directly in terms of uh, being at, at events, you know, uh, talking to people if they have questions, they want to try it out. There's stuff that I feel that other bike brands forgot over the years. Uh, there's a lot of brands now that are going direct to consumers. or You can buy it online or from a flagship store. But at the end of the day, they lost the relation they have closer and above and beyond the buying of the bike. So we really preach in terms of inclusivity of people who, for example, have a mental health disease that needs, uh, they want to be sure and having a, a great bike. And some people who are less in shape, well, am I going to be accepted to buy that bike? Of course, you know, and also we want to work the brand being versatile in terms of what well, to a certain extent, you can even select the color of your frame if you want to. You can even select some of the components if you want to. If, for example, a bike shop, he ordered from, a brand, let's say a, a letter brand, 
uh, and they he wanted purple bikes and they don't have it. Well, you can come to me, Jonathan. Are you able to to provide me some purple frame bikes? I said, sure, I'll do it for you without any problem. So we want to be super flexible. I think that some brands, when they are growing super fast or they're getting bigger, at some point it's really hard to have it a little bit more customizable. So this is what I want to bring back a little bit. Go back to basics in terms of biking. You know what my visual is, is Mr. Potato Head and being able to like Mr. Potato Head your own bicycle, like your own pieces and your own. Yeah, like... I, to, to a certain extent. I mean, everything that is mechanic, it's going to be a choice A, B and C-ish to some point. But I want to make sure because we all know, you know, you're cycling. Most of the time, what pissing people off, if you want to, is mechanical failures. Oh, God, I wish I could have that group set instead. I would it, it would not have failed. So I said, well, I don't want that feeling. I want the feeling I'm having the best components I can have, having a good price to quality ratio, of course. I, I feel confident that everything's going to go well if, of course, people are maintaining their bikes properly. But at least they're going to feel confident. They say, am I riding a cheap bike that I may be overpaid? Well, no, you have the best components on the market on it at a fair price. And if there's something, you give the, sh- the bike shop a call or you give us a call, we'll, you know, we'll fix it up for you. Or we'll make it happen, you know. When or where can people start looking for that? Actually, the official launch of the first frame, we did a kind of a teaser. It's going to be in November. So uh, by the time the podcast is out, you will have some info. It's going to be on... <coughs> lockedandloaded.com so it's l-c-k-d-n-l-d-e-d.com i'll make sure to put the link in the show notes That's yeah okay. sure <laughs> and also on social media we're gonna have a lot of stuff we are also uh we're in november we're also impl- implicated in the community we organized a what we call the gravel bash two weeks ago what was a gravel bash because everything is like, wait what uh we organized actually a day at the microbrewery of one of my good buddies and we said you arrive at the time you want you leave at the time you want you come back to the brewery at the time you want you're free with your friends you go on the what we call the corridor aerobic come back you'll have a great meal at a great price it's going to be chill environment without stressing of being there on time oh my god i'm going to be late or i have kids so at the end of the day me and my friends, we left at 8 p.m. and came back at 12.30 and the restaurant was opening at 12. So from 12 to 7.30, we had people all day long around. The, they have a campfire, if you want to. So all the day long, the people were like, that formula is so awesome because it doesn't pressure us on a Sunday. And I was like, yeah, and it's 17 degrees outside. So what else can you ask? So we got implicated with that. We're locked and loaded. There's also a big picture contest on a uh, Facebook gravel group that we're giving uh, goodies also. So we're already starting, you know, we practice what we preach. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Community is so important. I'm really looking forward to seeing where Locked and Loaded and All Day Magazine go from here. Yes, I think it's uh, going to be interesting. Jonathan Allen, thank you for uh, chatting with me and let's take this outside. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness 
physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.